Welcome to Think Big with Dan and Kasim. Join host Dan Melnick and Kasim Masood as they explore big ideas, limitless possibilities, and engage with visionaries, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders who dare to dream big, get inspired, motivated, and find practical tips for personal growth. Think big, dream bigger, and ignite your potential. Welcome to Think Big with Dan and Cosm. We have Mateen filling in for Cosm today, and our guest today is Matt. So, Matt, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us where you live and what you do for a living. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me today. I I live in an uh, outside of a little town called Mosinee, Wisconsin, which no one knows what that is, but that's in the center of the state in Wisconsin. And I've co-founded a company called Self Fund Health, and it's kind of an interesting story of how I've gotten here. Uh, that's what I'm doing today. So if you want to go ahead and, and tell us that story, like how you started the company, how you got this idea. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is kind of funny to me still, um, still uh, processing it myself. Even the last eight years have been quite a journey. I um, kind of a typical path, if you will. I had put myself through school and then grad school. I went to uh, Tulsa for grad school and um was doing construction during that and just you know kind of a normal semi-normal american life if you will and um and then started a career in kind of manufacturing and especially in hr and so i did that for like 23 years and um i had always been around healthcare, uh or you know every year i got to do like the enrollment meetings and uh got to do is a bit sarcastic because usually they weren't very positive right it was very frustrating everybody was how much is it going to go up and and it's taken my raise away again and things like that so i went through many years of those and but i had taken a job at a company called merrill steel in schofield uh, wisconsin which is close to here in central and um just it kind of just so happened that we started this journey of experimenting with some healthcare things we we like most companies were getting uh you know in our case it was nine or ten percent increases year after year after year and we were just the owners were starting to get concerned you know that we really can't sustain this path so we took some steps and and uh, and ended up saving millions of dollars and making the plan way better and then, then that led to a bunch of awards and that led to uh, even writing a book and uh so uh, which was just published looked like that uh, it's on amazon and so forth and and then even co-founding this business so i'm it's been it's been a fun ride but a very unexpected ride so when you start this company did the, did anybody from that previous company where you were working join you or did you do it by yourself or what was that process like making that transition yeah you know it's funny because i you know i've always been entrepreneurial in nature i've always had some sort of side gig even small you know um i'm a farm boy from iowa so maybe it was you know using my tractor to help the neighbor you know right uh kind of smaller type stuff i always had some sort of side gig so i'm not working with anyone that i've worked with in the past but i had this gentleman by the name of John Barron, who had uh, ran a company and he was very, is very entrepreneurial. And he and I kind of met each other in kind of unexpected circumstances. And then he had, he uh, had some backing and funding. And so he was really the, the spark to start the business. And now we're, now we have four people total. 
uh, all of those folks I did not know before. They've all I've met all of them recently. So, what was your biggest challenge with starting this company? Well, we um, probably like many, right? So, kind of humorous challenges. So, one, what are we going to call ourselves now? You know, it's like name the name the barber shop or the hair salon. You get some really creative names, but so it's not you're not going to succeed whether it's based on the name. But we wanted a good name, so that humorously probably took. I don't know. And then you got to see if the website's open because it's really nice to have a website that matches your name. But people have gone out and bought up all these websites, everything they could dream up. Uh, but we we did. We came across, we we found uh, Self-Fund Health, which is very related to what we're doing. It's not one of those where we had to like make a word that doesn't exist. You know, that happens a lot, especially in healthcare. Uh, so, you know, even simple things like naming the company and then figuring out our business model. When I joined John, you know, I was like, so you and I join and then we'll figure out what we're going to do for business. You know, we had some ideas, of course. Um, so we, it was a very, yeah, I mean, we, the plane, uh, the plane was just, it wasn't even built yet, much less ready to take off on the runway. We had to even build the plane first. So in terms of customers, was that company that you were working for, were they your first customer? Or what was that process like to actually get your first customer and get people in the door to buy from you and work with you? Yeah, so it's not anybody that I've worked with in the past. Uh, I uh, One of the things that I didn't mention, which has really been kind of the bedrock to the business, is that in roughly, after a few years of succeeding at Merrill Steel, when the word got out you know, to, to the rest of Wisconsin, that hey, these guys say these guys were able to overcome what most employers are still frustrated with, right? Controlling healthcare costs and so forth. I, I, my phone started to ring, and people would say, "How'd you do it? How'd you do it?" And well, um, as kind of indicated in the book, which is 228 pages, but it's just I can't give you that answer in like five minutes or ten minutes. I would always joke and say, "What are you doing in the next four hours?" It, that's that's the kind of answer it feels like. And once you get it, it's fine. You get it. But so I, I didn't have time to talk for four hours every time the phone rang. So I said, what if we started a best practice group? We called it a, I think I named it in about 10 seconds. That's how sophisticated it was. But we called it healthcare best practice group. And so we would meet like once a month. And then anybody, any of these employers that wanted to show up and they could share their ideas too. And we'd all learn. And and that's how it got started. And so, and then um, last year, spring, it was spring of last year, we started having these events. And so we'd say, okay, we're going to have some employers who have succeeded talk, and there aren't many of them. But we had over 100 people show up this first event. And we were kind of like, oh, I think we, I think we're onto something here. So now we've been traveling the state and putting on these educational events, because that's one of the first steps. And we have today we have, we're approaching 2000 people in the group, and around 750 companies. So it's, it's growing pretty fast. So Matt, where most of your customers are located? If are they in Wisconsin or are nationwide? So we we eventually uh, would plan to scale nationally. But right now we're focused on Wisconsin, uh, just to kind of get rooted and, and kind of grow from there. So we have we divide up the states, the state of Wisconsin, into five parts. Um, so if you're not from Wisconsin, not all that interesting, but you probably heard of Madison, which is the capital and then Milwaukee, which is Southeast. There's an area called the Fox Valley. So that's, uh, Green Bay, like the Packers. And then 
Appleton all the way to Oshkosh, which most have heard of from the company. And then, then there's two less populated areas, Central and Western. But we have we uh, we work with employers in three of those five regions today. So we have and we can work anywhere in the state. So we have the state canvassed and covered, but we have not crossed the border yet. Although we do plan to probably in the next year or two. So I actually, I, I went to um, UWM, so I lived in Milwaukee for four years. I got originally from Chicago, so I know the area very well. Um, what very is, unique. Yeah, so what, what role does technology play in your business? That's an interesting question, yeah. So my uh, my business partner, my co-founder, is a, uh, one of his titles that he calls himself as a, as a technologist. And so we are along, our plan is to take the models we've built this high performing self-funded plan based on the based on how I did it at Merrill Steel and how some other companies have done it in the state and succeeded and so we've got that together and then one of our next steps over the next couple of years you know is and he always says right start running it and then let let the need identify the tech opportunity don't try to do that in, in advance don't try to predict what the technology necessarily will be let the need define that so we've actually been doing some things and we'll build more in as we go. But one of the things in healthcare, if you're in a, if you're having what's called an employer plan, and just trying to see what you, it's it's all backwards. You have to see what you're paying for healthcare after you buy it, right? But you're trying to see where the best prices are and where the worst prices are. And if you go to re and request a a summary of that, it can take months in, in traditional ways. And so you get a report that's three months old, and it takes you three months. It's just the whole thing is is a bit. Uh, so but we have a way, so with our technology, we have a way to actually look at real time, uh, confidential, of course, but real time claims data. And then we'll utilize that to see what's happening. And we can actually help patients that way. If they're scheduled, for instance, we try to, we try to uh, have it smooth from the start. But if say someone's scheduled for an MRI, we could reach out to them and send them a text or a, a call. And we could say, you know, we can give that to you for no cost. We can get it for 600. We can give it to you no, for no cost. But if you go over here where you're scheduled, it's going to be 6,000 and you're going to have to pay that. Are you interested? Right. And so we're helping patients in the process. And then we're also helping the plan costs so that this year's plan costs are next year's claim cost. So you have to look at more than just what your insurance is covering because then you're frustrated in the next enrollment meeting when your premiums, when your check gets gobbled up. And so all those factors are at play. We're trying to, you know, lower both of them, not just what you pay for health care, but also your premiums out of your paycheck. So with that technology, are you utilizing artificial intelligence and machine learning? And if not, you know, what role do you see those things playing in your business in the next few years? Mm -hmm. Nothing at the moment. Uh, we have more. We have, you know, I don't think I don't know if there's anyone else in the country. If there are, there are very few that have even the real time visibility. But I, yeah, I think that turns into some automation and maybe even some AI where we can begin to interact with uh, patients and uh, help them make the best decision, make them the best decision for healthcare, the best choices, which is what we do now. But it's still more manually where it'd be a phone discussion or discussion with a doctor, something like that, where we could automate that. Yeah. So that is that is on the radar for sure. So in terms of expanding to other states, when you guys are planning on expanding, are there going to be 
you know, different, you know, because every state has different laws when it comes to healthcare, right? So they're going to be, so is that part of the issue in terms of expansion? You have to kind of do it carefully and strategically in terms of which states you're expanding in uh, at a certain time. Yeah, most of most when it comes to employer plans are reg, there are some specific state laws you need to be maybe are a little different, but for the most part, it's a federal regulation under what's called the RISA. Um, and so uh, we probably won't have a lot of regulation issues, uh, but we do have as we as we build our plan, we have to make sure there's we have to map out all the doctors, all the providers, all the specialties. <clears throat> what we call DPCs, direct primary care um, offices, independent, basically clinics. And so all that will definitely take some time. And uh, so it's not just go here, plug and play. We have to kind of build it out first. So what are your top priorities in the next three to six months? I think our, I think we're at the moment now where we've we've smoothed things out and it's running well. And then now we're looking to add more employers, add more plans. And so I think we're ready for that kind of not full scale, but, you know, maybe five to 10, even to 15 plans we could take on. And, and, and most of the plans renew on, on January 1. Sometimes you'll see a July 1, but that would be our next phase is to have five or more plans by January 1. So are you working with specific industries or like you mentioned that you have these events but like, you know, you're using LinkedIn or email outreach, like, you know, what else have you used to scale as well? I'm curious mm -hmm. about that. Yeah, I do. A, so the events help. And then I do a lot of LinkedIn. Um, and so I've j I have just, I've been on Twitter before, but I honestly, I still don't really get it. It still seems a little weird to me. A friend of mine, she calls it tweeter, <laughs> uh, even though you do tweet. So, but I'm, I'm pretty green on Twitter. And I, so I am logged in and so forth, but I don't use that much, but a lot of it's been, and I also have this new kind of a newsletter type thing that I send out to that large list. Uh, so I've gotten, you know, use that method as well. So we send out things in writing and then sometimes even videos or LinkedIn posts, but LinkedIn's been kind of my go-to from a, a social media standpoint. So in terms of like your ideal customer, what does that look like in terms of company size or even industry? Like what does that look like for you? It's it's pretty flexible in terms of what the company looks like. It, it could be a, it could be a school district, it could be a county, so it could be on the public side, it could be a private company that is say manufacturing or retail, or it could be a fortune, you know, stock traded type company. As long as they really have, and this is a very general number, but usually 50 or more employees. We even we're talking to one tomorrow that has 30. So you can see the flexibility. Uh, but the bigger the number, the more the employees they have on the plan, on the health plan, the more stability you get. Just kind of law, the law of averages that you you can stabilize, say, a higher claim with more people. So it becomes a little easier on the self-funding side. But yeah, even 25, but usually if somebody were to ask, we'll say 50 or more. 50 or more employees. Sure. So what is the one biggest piece of advice you wish you knew before you started this entrepreneurship journey? We've certainly learned a, a lot along the way. I've learned a ton in the last eight years and wrote a book to help others because what's interesting is if you go on Amazon, you know, and which is probably the source, right, for written stuff even more. And there's, well, there's guy, I met him, he lives in um, Wisconsin, a guy named John Trinus. He's 86, I think now. Uh, he wrote a book like 10 years ago on a success story that he had with his company near Milwaukee. 
And um, so I've had to formulate all these ideas uh, and put them in the book to try to help others. Uh, but the, indus- the industry is really very unique in healthcare. Um, and the the premise of the book is to open up the free market, that the free market is not free. Uh, it's it's very suppressed. You know, if we're going to Best Buy, as just as an example, right? I'm going to buy anything, a uh, refrigerator or, or earphones or something. We look on the shelf and, and we look on the prices. We can even pull out our phone and see if maybe another store can price match. And we can do all these shopping things. We can evaluate price and we can evaluate quality and and they'll usually price match if it's the same thing and and uh, and so forth. And we and we know uh, that we can shop anywhere, that if we don't like the deal, or we're not in some kind of limited network like healthcare, right? You're not in network, I'm sorry. Well, we'll go down to Sam's and we'll get, you know, get a better deal. So it's really uh, just understanding all those restrictions that the, maybe the industry has kind of built and that we need to unlock a lot of those doors because it's really hurts the it's it's unfair to the seller. So we have a win for the or buyer. We have a win for the seller, but we have a lose for the buyers. And and no win-lose relationships can last forever. Win-lose relationships always end. So then nobody wins, right? So what we what I've seek, what I say in the book, and what I what I say regularly is we're looking for win-wins. We'd like a win for the buyer and we'd like a win for the seller. And I don't think I don't think that's an, an unfair ask. For sure. So if we're going to have this conversation again in one year from now, where do you expect things to go for your business? Yeah, I would um, I would like to be able to say that we're changing healthcare at first in Wisconsin, right? That we've, we're changing the landscape of it and we're changing how healthcare is purchased and how healthcare is received, that we've lowered the cost and increased the quality. Wisconsin happens to be the fourth worst or most expensive state for healthcare in the nation as well. So we're also, you know, I think it's expensive everywhere, but we're one of the worst areas, if you will. So more bigger the problem, the bigger the opportunity. But there are a lot of families and companies and communities here that need us to help them. So that that's kind of a short-term mission, if you will. Sure. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you and your company, what's the best way that they can find if you can share like your website or the best way to reach out to you? Probably a couple of ways. Yeah, the website. So selffundhealth.com. There's a, a contact us button on there. And then also my email is matt, M-A-T-T, at selffundhealth.com. Three words, no dashes, no dots is the easiest way to reach me or LinkedIn as well. Matt, thank you so much for your time. We're rooting for you. Hopefully we can chat again in, in one year from now as you continue to scale your company. And good luck with your book as well. Yeah, I appreciate that. Great to meet you guys. Thanks for your time today. Thanks. Thank you. Thank Have you. a good one. You bet. Well, all right. Take care.